Welcome to this Knowledge Institute podcast, Brilliant Basics edition. A number of things have changed dramatically in the last six weeks or so globally. Two weeks ago at Brilliant Basics, we made a decision to work from home, do some stress testing on telecommuting. number of businesses are also advising their employees to work from home due to this really deadly and unfortunate coronavirus outbreak. I'm here today to talk about this issue, but also I'm here to talk about some positive news around working from home. What are some of the daily rituals that people should consider adopting? How do you maintain productivity, ensure healthy body and healthy mind? That's what we'll be exploring today in exciting and remote conversation because this podcast is getting recorded remotely. I'm here with my colleague, Ben Ingram, who's our head of employee experience. And for this edition, we're calling it remote employee experience. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So Ben, you know, just to kind of get the conversation structured, the very first podcast that we had with you was about employee experience. And now we are in a really interesting situation. We are, you're remote, you're working from home. I am remote, I'm working from home. And I'm calling it Rex, which is, you know, remote employee experience. I would love to hear your thoughts on some of the things that you are saying we are seeing at Brilliant Basics and how we are kind of managing the situation at our own company. And then we'll start to explore how employee experience is drastically changing with this change in environment. I think you couldn't really write the story any better if you think of the conversations you and I have been having for the last couple of months about employee experience and the challenges of catering to the holistic needs of staff in all manner of offices and working situations. Never, I think, did we uh, prepare ourselves for what was going to come, the challenges that not only our clients were going to face, but us ourselves in having to have our entire workforce begin working remote. Just to kind of add to that, while we are lean and nimble and we kind of had the foresight to take some actions early on, a lot of our people had some remote working experience already. We all laptop bound orientated. We take our laptops to our clients. I've heard that a lot of large companies have struggled to even have laptops as part of their hardware policy. Well, I think it affects large and small. If you look at emphasis more broadly, a large portion of that staff is desktop based and they've had to facilitate the movement of a number of desktops. At the other end of the spectrum, we're seeing small to medium sized businesses all over the country, all around the world, having to very quickly purchase a large number of laptops to facilitate their own staff going home. Yes. And, um, you know, um, we put some post out on LinkedIn the other day about working from home and the overwhelming feedback that we're getting is people are now open to learning from people who are saying these are the kind of tips and tricks that you can apply from a very basic level of, you know, productivity to all the complex levels of mental health and wellness, for example example, exercises and, you know, taking breaks in between kind of meetings and calls and what have you. You know, Ben, what what are some of the things Brilliant Basic teams are doing right now? Just, uh, you know, what does a week look like for BB? So we've tried to maintain all the rituals that we have back in the office. So that's our Monday morning, all staff stand-ups. It's our chai and chat Wednesdays. It's our uh, what's new crew internal sharing on a Friday and uh, even albeit BYOB having a drink together towards the end of the week. I think what we've realized is that we've had to go above and beyond that and begin communicating more 
with all of our staff, uh, not just within the confines of a project and the team structures we have in place, but making sure that there's time to chat socially. Those conversations that would previously happen over a coffee or as you're taking a lift up and down the building with someone, uh, building in time so that people can still engage with the wider community. Yes. And, you know, from my perspective as the CEO of the organization, another tip that I would love to share is we created a cross-disciplined team to represent this response team given the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, we meet every two days, you know, people represent clients, people represent delivery uh, facilities, security, health and safety. And I, we group of around nine or 10 people. And Ben, you're part of that as well from a morale perspective. And morale is as important as some of the functional areas, um, you know, around this because with isolation, and isolation is not a negative word, but isolation meaning you're not in a social context constantly that we get used to. So, you know, that COVID-19 response team at BB are meeting on daily or every other day kind of basis. And they're talking about how to keep the communication going with people, because in this kind of uncertain and unfortunate situation, communication is key. And sometimes over communication is not a bad thing, right, as well. And you have been doing something really amazing with the, this kind of care package idea that you had. I would love for our listeners to, you know, hear this uh, in terms of what are the, these fun things we are doing as part of, you know, this difficult times that we're going through as a, as a community. Yes, yeah, so it's one of the first things we did when we sent people home is we realized that whilst working remotely is difficult in the best of circumstances. We find ourselves in a time where this is combined with really, to be quite honest, fear of what is going on in the wider world. And we wanted something that would perk up our people's day and also help them to join in with some of those rituals and ceremonies. So we sent them all out a note, included the uh, the chai mix that we use in the office so that no one had an excuse not to come with a hot brew on Wednesday and uh, some seeds to start planting their own indoor gardens. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we did a bit of gamification and a uh, fun element of, you know, what are the properties of the herbs and seeds that we send and people, you kind of made it a little bit more fun that people can share on Slack. So we gave a reason to, again, connect with the community. So it wasn't that expensive or, you know, it was complicated given ed- everyone's address and posting it. But I think people rose to the challenge and come together as a team and the feedback has been fantastic. Precisely. And I think what this all tracks back to, and it's not just the success of the community things we're doing, but the reason it's been so important to have that cross-functional team in place is what I don't think we realized before we left the office was that we were going to lose our eyesight. We don't have visibility of what our teams are doing every day. We don't walk past people as we're uh, going to the kitchen to be able to see how they are. So we need to create those opportunities and we need to make sure that we are making contact with with all of our people on a regular basis to check in with them, make sure they've got everything they need and uh, that they can get on with not just their jobs, but their lives safely and well. Great. Ben, let's move on to the, the structure that we had set up in the employee experience podcast at the very beginning. We said, you know, employee experience is made up of digital physical and emotional slash cultural. And I just want to explore that a little bit more in our conversation and start to talk about what are some of the things that we can do digitally working from home? The physical environment has completely changed, right? So rather than having one central studio, which looks amazing, everybody's congregating together, ideas are colliding, all of a sudden people are in their own 
environment, right? And some people are uh, lucky enough to have their own kind of study area and other people have a desk and some people are working from, you know, bedrooms because they're sharing flats or, or houses. So, you know, physical environment is really interesting. And what are the things that we should be thinking about doing in terms of some tips and tricks? And I'm really interested in this other topic, which is emotional, cultural, and, and this whole mental and physical well-being as well in terms of what people should be thinking and doing as well. From my perspective, and we have discussed this earlier, while there are constraints and some of the negativity out there, I think this environment also creates opportunity for positivity and innovation and creativity as well, right? So we start with some of the things that we are seeing from a digital tools perspective and what how tools are making uh, lives a little bit more easier given the situation we're in. Yeah, I think it's a good place to start. And I think we can split digital in two. Begin with digital tools enabling people to continue working and then start looking at digital tools and the role they play in uh, both physical and emotional, which is where we've seen by far the most change in people moving home. We've been quite lucky. I think we're fairly progressive in our use of digital tools, whether that be uh, Slack, Miro, Jira. Uh, we did a survey at the end of the first week of people working from home and found that people actually on average felt that uh, they were scoring an eight out of 10 for their efficacy of working from home and being enabled to do that. We've seen great support globally from companies such as Miro opening up their platforms to make it easier for large groups to uh, to work together and for teams to be able to share ideas and collaborate without the businesses having to take on that, uh, that additional overhead. So the Miro is a collaboration tool. Uh, it's M-I-R-O. Yes. So consider it a giant digital whiteboard. We've actually, at the end of this week, we will have run two large workshops involving people from uh, all over Europe and the United States very successfully. I think key to that is a good bit of pre-reading, making sure people understand what the tools are that we're going to be using, uh, ensuring there's a clear structure in place and energizing. And we'll talk about this when we get on to um, a little bit more about emotional, but making sure that people are engaged and uh, as they continue looking at a screen, which I think is becoming our predominant position, uh, that they, they feel energized and they feel refreshed as they move through those sessions. And uh, Slack is a tool that we're using for messaging, but Slack does much more than messaging. You can start to integrate surveys, you can start to integrate a number of other aspects into Slack, but I'm sure other uh, messaging tools like Teams and Google Hangouts also do some similar. But we are used to Slack and it's been a powerful tool because we created multiple channels to support teams on projects, but also on some of the uh, community uh, help, helping as well. And then, you know, we are big fans of Zoom uh, where we are recording this podcast. We done our Monday stand-up, what we call is Better Together uh, every Monday at 9.30. And we did our uh, Better Together stand-up uh, this, earlier this week on Monday and we had more than 75, 80 people joining on Zoom with the video on, right? Because one of the rules of video conference is to switch on the video so you can see your kind of faces, right? So uh, that was pretty successful. And, you know, with regards to uh, Zoom, are there any other tools that makes the communication and collaboration better, Ben? from a digital tools perspective? Well, I think it's important to consider all the tools we would normally use. So that's instant messaging, that's email, that's WhatsApp, that's phones. But as we've previously done, I know a lot of um, other organizations I'm speaking to have, and some are having to start doing this now, is set some standards in place for what each of those tools is good for. I think, generally speaking, we've all got better 
at uh, becoming less reliant on email. Email is there for when you need that chain, you need something recorded, and you need to include all those attachments. Slack is by far the broadest of them. Um, you'll see if you join BB, we split our channels, everything from the project and team channels that you'd expect to keep work moving to a general thread that's for company announcements. And importantly, now the uh, the random channels and the act of kindness, which is somewhere to go to share something that's nothing to do with work, but brings a smile to your face and gives people an opportunity to gather and communicate socially. That's, uh, that's amazing. And the other one we're talking about is, as you put it, get your head in the cloud. Uh, and what is exciting about that is when we are talking about this topic, you and I collaborated on iCloud to share our points of view on Keynote, for example. So it doesn't need to stop just with the messaging, right? You can actually become more productive by collaborating on uh, presentations or creativity or whatever that happens to be that's kind of floating your boat. Let's talk a little bit about the setup for success, right? I want to kind of quickly move into uh, relating to Zoom. You want to be presentable because, of course, people are wearing funky shirts and uh, the wardrobe is kind of getting utilized finally because things, you know, shirts and, and t-shirts they can't wear in the office, they're wearing at home, which is fantastic, actually. Bring some color in, into conversation. But let's talk about your views on dress for success as well, because this is a big part of, you know, making yourself presentable, ready for work rather than coming into work, you know, in your pajamas. Yeah. And this is going to bring us into some of those psychological elements that we need to start thinking about more. It's a well-known fact that getting up in the morning, having that coffee, having a shower and getting dressed in something that makes you feel confident, makes you feel presentable, um, allows you to step out into the world, feeling better about yourself and to be more productive. It's why we do it going into the office and it's important to maintain that at home. I'm still yet to see someone fully suit up for a Zoom call, but I think it's coming. I think the other thing to consider, and it's important when we start to talk about the diversity of the staff we have, particularly over age groups, is to just be considerate as well of the spaces people do have and the fact that you are now coming into people's homes. We're all house proud. And uh, I think we do need to remember sometimes that we, we will be speaking to people who don't have much space, are sharing that space with others and to really be considerate of that when we're, we're asking people to join in different sessions, giving people the time to set themselves up in a space that they feel comfortable in and they feel happy to allow us to come into. And that's a good point as well, because one thing uh, I, I was playing with Zoom yesterday and you can start to create your backgrounds. So if you are, you know, not, you don't want to show, you know, your messy study room like mine, you know, you start to kind of create backgrounds that allows you to create this virtual environment so that you feel that, you know, there's a bit of fun element, but also it allows you to feel comfortable in that situation. Yeah, and we're seeing that across different platforms. Zoom, like you say, have the custom backgrounds. Uh, Microsoft Teams, you can blur your background. I think similarly in Google Hangouts. And it's just about communicating these tools and just being considerate, like we say, of people's own comfort, what they do and don't want you to, to see. Yeah, let's kind of uh, move from digital side of things to physical environment people are in as well. So being in their own spaces at home, uh, not being able to interact with the colleagues they used to, especially for the millennials, right? The youngsters in our company, the associates and senior associates. And, and we were talking to one of uh, those a few days ago. And we asked, you know, what do you miss the most? And she said, interaction with uh, my other colleagues, my other friends in the office. Now, this kind of uh, creates uh, challenges. And what are some of the things that they can do, Ben, in your opinion, especially when there's a young workforce? 
And this is true for Infosys as well. There is a vast amount of young you know, workforce. They're coming from universities, academia. It's true for us as well. What are the things they can do? And what are the things that managers should support as well in the process that allows them to feel engaged, empowered, connected? And also, you know, the check-ins are happening on a regular basis to see, hey, how are you doing as well, right? So I would love to hear your point of view on this important topic. Yeah, so I think, again, let's split that into engage with the work they're doing and with their teams and then engage with one another and community. Never before has it been more important for everyone to have a personal plan in place. We facilitated a fantastic session with all of our management team a couple of weeks ago. And I think one of the best ideas that came out of that was every single project brief should have a people brief with it. So I know, particularly as a junior going into a project, that it's not just about delivering for the client, it's about getting something out of it for myself. So where am I going to learn? What am I going to develop in terms of my skill sets for that? And that will really help with keeping people engaged with, with projects. On the community side of things, it's giving people time. One of the things we've seen across the board is that the workday is expanding and is coming on average, I think, to between nine and 10 hours a day. Because once people are up that time, they'd usually commute in, particularly if they've not got children, they're online and they're just thinking, well, yeah, I may as well just have that first call and get it out of the day, get it out of the way. Before you know it, it's gone from 7, 8 a.m. in the morning to, you know, in some cases, 7, 8 p.m. at night. And you've been looking at a screen all day, jumping backwards and forwards with Zoom. We were talking about this earlier of building in time to get away from work and engage with people socially. I was talking to some of our juniors just yesterday and uh, they'd started a lunchtime Zoom room all to log in and get talking. But uh, they were worried because they were still working to deadlines and with you. We've spoken to line managers, we've spoken to project managers, and we've made sure that we can start to align these times across projects. So everyone does go for lunch at the same time, so they can get online into these Zoom rooms, so they can connect with one another and decompress. And, you know, the other day I was uh, thinking about giving people a quick call, even on the phone saying, hey, how are you? And, you know, how are you feeling today? And what can I do to help? I think that kind of interpersonal connection is so important, right? And and it can be done across large companies as well as small companies. With large companies, they normally have a pyramid structure. There's a manager, project manager, account manager. So we really encourage the managers to actually reach out to their teams, check in on them, and especially in current situation, because somebody is feeling unwell, you know, you just want to check in, how is it going? Because I think you put, put it quite nicely, you know, the lot of invisible staff, right? Because when you're in the office, every staff, every employee, is visible right in front of you, at least most of them. But when you're not, everybody is invisible to you. So how do you deal with this invisible staff situation is a very interesting and important topic to keep the morale high. A hundred percent. And I think the first port of call for this is line managers. Um, you do have that pastoral responsibility and don't take someone's slack status as being at my desk as an affirmation that they're sat working and they're fine for that day. Check in with them. That's got to be your first port of call. Um, if you feel that you need to go as far as having that checklist of who's being spoken to and are people being checked in on at least once every two days, then put it in place to begin with until that becomes more of a mainstay. I think outside of that, it's then mix up who people are speaking to. I mentioned our chai and chat that we did on Wednesday. We used a really great feature from Zoom, which is breakout rooms. You can manually or automatically assign them. So we had about 30 people join for that session and we randomly distributed them into rooms of four people. And I was lucky enough to end up in a room with three people who aren't on any of the teams that I currently work with, which was really nice and really refreshing. 
I got a chance to speak to people who I don't usually interact with on a day-to-day work basis. And uh, we all got to learn a little bit about some, someone else and uh, check in on them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, that those are the moments you're making new friends as well. So it can work in, in a positive way rather than trying to push people where they don't want to talk or they, they're not expressing their feelings. Ben, just to introduce the podcast again, we're talking about working from home and remote employee experience. We are calling it Rex. I'm here with Ben Ingram, our head of employee experience at Brilliant Basics. Ben, let's kind of talk about some of the complexity of maintaining culture, health, wellness. It's a huge topic, right? Because this has been a topic in the office environment anyway right, for a while. And I think this topic is even so much more important for us to share our points of view and some ideas, tips and tricks, that with working remotely, you're also coming up with some new challenges that were not seen before, right? So one is the culture challenge, right? And every company has core values and, you know, the type of culture they want to be known for. Then you have got this whole concept of mental well-being of people. And with isolation and with kind of working away from people, you know, you're not sharing as much as you normally are. And you're thinking a lot and listening to all this kind of bad news coming from all the news channels right now. You know, we got to make sure that there are some tips and tricks we can follow there, which will start to make people feel better and valuable. And lastly, you know, the physical well-being. I think we're trialing out some really interesting stuff that might be useful to our listeners as well. You know, let's start with the cultural part first. And I think you, you start to allude to that with the rituals and, and daily routines. But what are the, some of the other things we should be thinking about from a culture perspective that allows us to innovate new ideas or be creative or, you know, whatever that happens to be in, in, uh, in the company's minds? Yeah, so I think the first part is to play with those rituals. Uh, we're starting to, whether it's theming some of those more social get-togethers or um, playing with the usual structure of them, it's creating some of the greatest social interactions we've seen in the company since probably our Christmas party, which is ironic given that these are interactions that are happening completely remotely. And I think beyond that, it starts to think a week or two ahead. These nice moments, as much as um, they do on the um, every so often happen by chance, they do also take planning. Care packages being the prime example. Start to think ahead. It's not something particularly given the current climate and what's going on in the rest of the world that you can turn around quickly. So make sure someone's responsible for them and also give people notice. Um, It's all well and good planning a Friday get together for all your teams, but you tell them about it on Thursday and I guarantee you that 50% of them are going to be on client calls that they don't feel they can uh, move. Yeah. And I think sticking to that time and keeping connected and doing what we say we do is so important because people look forward to that, those rituals and those kind of uh, meetings, if I may. And I think, you know, some of the discipline that we forget at home is as important to follow through to kind of build this culture of connectivity. And, you know, the next one I'm really excited about, and we had this meeting as well as innovation. So our purpose is to make life simply better. So we're thinking about uh, you know, we are in an incredibly privileged situation. You know, we're not in medical field or we're not driving buses and trains and stuff. And those people are right in the cold face of, you know, their job and their servicing and then supporting us. I do believe that there is a responsibility and opportunity to innovate in this situation for the people who need innovation at this point. What, are, what will be your some of the kind of key takeaways from how to innovate in this kind of situation? 
Well, I think uh, necessity is the birthplace of innovation is uh, that famous saying and never before has it been truer. And it's been fantastic to see the response of a number of different organizations and businesses who are not only responding and innovating to support others, but are also having to adapt their business model. Uh, we look at other service industries, fitness instructors, or we look at restaurants who are having to turn digital so that they can keep their employees working, they can keep paying everyone, they can keep producing that revenue. Something we've spoken about when we've got people in the office and we're starting to implement ourselves is, again, creating those moments where we do come together and we do respond to, to briefs that we're working on in areas that we think we can deliver value. And we we're going to be doing that over the next few weeks is carving out time in people's schedules so that they can come together and uh, you know, maybe it's a small hackathon on areas that are close to everyone at the moment so one of the concepts we're going to be taking into that first hackathon is how can we support those professionals that are supporting us during this pandemic and we are looking at power of our teams to come up with ideas. So, it's, you know, we're not looking at just one kind of people. Actually, a lot of people have come forward, be it a technologist or a designer or a strategist saying, here's an idea that we can take it to market. And we are applying almost like a startup speed idea, like, you know, pre-MVP and then taking the idea to market just to kind of see how we can help in a really fast way, right? And I think we really urge the listeners to think about if they do have spare capacity or if they can release some time, some of the people brain power can be used in making life simply better for a number of professionals out there. Exactly. And like you said, it's about harnessing those superpowers. I've not spoken to anyone in the last few weeks that doesn't want to help. And we've talked about this in other areas of employee experience, that purpose is so important right now. Everyone wants to come to work and know that they're not just walking home with that paycheck at the end of the month, but that they've done something good for the world, for their community. And now there are some causes that everyone's driven for. I think, as you say, it's about looking at your team, looking at your organization, saying, where can we add value? Not just so that you do deliver that value, but so that your employees feel that they've achieved something at the end of it. Absolutely. And I think this also allows people to learn as well, because uh, almost like a safe environment for trying something and learning. And, you know, and when people don't know how to do it, they can go to digital platforms that are out there, Udacity or Udemy or some of the platforms that Infosys have also built called Lex. To think about, hey, I, I always wanted to learn this skill because that skill will be used to solve a problem that I'm solving in this kind of context as well. I would like to move forward with the health and wellness part, Ben, to talk about some of the things that companies can do, you know, in terms of health, health and wellness. And we are trialing some of these things out in a virtual environment. So let's talk about some of the tips and tricks for what people should be doing, employees should be doing with regards to maintaining their healthy balance between physical and mental. Yeah. And I think we can plot this across a bit of a timeline. I think we're currently in the shock phase of people starting to work remotely from home. And for those of us used to being in an office environment, that is quite a stark change. So uh, we're still not sure of exactly what's happened with coronavirus and how long we're going to be in this situation. But the longer it does go on, the more things start to arise. So looking at that initial moment of um, shock, that initial phase of shock as we first begin working from home, we're all in different situations. Some of us are home alone with our partners, some in a flat with three or four other friends, or in some cases, people that we may have only just met having moved into a new house share. As businesses, as 
management teams, the first thing we have to do is accept that life is going to get in the way more than it ever has done before and make sure that our teams know they have the space to flex around their needs. Whether that's uh, because you've got three children now running around because the school has been shut or it's because you're sharing the only communal desk you have in the flat with four other people. These things are going to get in the way. They are going to cause challenges and we can uh, we can flex around people to let those work themselves out a bit. I think after that, it's making sure that people get away from the screen and look after their physical and mental well-being. I today did my first at-home workout and whilst for the first five minutes may have felt a little silly and definitely concerned at what the neighbours thought of the music I had pumping out, uh, 10 minutes into it, breaking a little bit of a sweat felt immediately better. Not only did it break my day up, it also made my day feel a little bit more normal. We've got to keep those behaviours and those rituals that we have for our own health and well-being going internally. There's so many great people out there that are making fitness and mental health services available to everyone. We're keeping on our yoga sessions that we usually run in the studio. Our fantastic instructor, Donna, is now doing those remotely. And we're actually laying on more of a variety. So some of them are still the classic yoga classes. Some of them are more meditative and uh, more about taking you know, that half an hour, 45 minutes out of your day. There are a lot of tools online as well to cater to whatever your fitness needs are, whether you're a real beginner with absolutely no equipment at home or you're fortunate enough to have a few bits and pieces lying around. Absolutely. And I'm doing something similar at home as well. So I, I go for a walk just after lunch. So I do take a lunch break for 15, 20 minutes and then go for a walk. Uh, and my wife basically tells me, let's go for a walk. And I think that changes the game. Just coming out of the room into fresh air, even if it's raining, I think it just kind of freshens you up uh, remarkably. I just need to get a little bit more disciplined like you to start working out. And uh, maybe I'll try that from next week. You know, one of the big things that I can share as, as a CEO is we can't do this all alone, right? If there is a need for managers to be a big part of it. Managers need to feel not just about managing the projects, but also be quite empathetic about how they're dealing with the team members, right? Assessing their team members' whereabouts, uh, their ability to kind of produce the best work, checking on them and asking, hey, how's your family? You know, how are your kids? It's so important to make people feel that there's somebody for them there in these uncertain times as well. And like we said, over-communication is not a bad thing right now. Uh, nobody will say, hey, don't talk to me. This is the time to over-communicate. And I also believe that you know regular check-ins from manager to people they're managing is incredibly important. So I really recommend that if you're in a situation where managers are just managing projects, I think that's half of the job. Other half is just looking after the welfare of their team members. Yeah. And I think the thing that supports that we've talked a lot about is transparency the whole way through the business and also out to your client. We're all in this situation together and we're all facing the same challenges. I think the great thing we've seen is everyone coming together with a willingness to support one another. Now, internally, that means that our managers know that they themselves have someone they can come and speak to, and there are frameworks in place for coping with whatever challenges may arise. And I think we've also had a great response from our clients where we've said, look, we are going to do everything we can to still deliver the great product you're used to. And I think we're, we're both proud to say that we are not just maintaining that level of quality, but excelling in a number of different ways. But them understanding the person you speak to may change ever so slightly. We may need to shift a meeting every so often, but please bear with us. And the response, as I say, has been overwhelmingly positive. 
100%. And the, one of the big responsibility we have is the enemy is not, uh, you know, in our business or in our client's business. Enemy is out there uh, for everyone, right? So we have to fight it together. We have to be better together, stronger together as well. Community has to play a major role in this kind of doing so. And like we said, we are in an extremely privileged position to be helpful, you know, citizens in solving some of these challenges we are seeing. So, you know, really recommend managers and CEOs to give some time to support the community. So, you know, we have created a group internally where people are helping do shopping for elderly, for example, and help the neighbors, for example, you know. So, Ben, what are some of the things that companies and company CEOs can do to kind of release some time to help out the local communities and, and your neighbors and so on and so forth? Yeah, well, I think it's like we were talking about before, appreciating that people do have a little more time in their day. And a lot of that time is when people do want to give back and support their communities. I think for all us as um, as businesses, as managers, we've got to recognize that it's not just about making sure we come through this. It's about making sure society comes through this. We want to come back to a way of uh, our day-to-day that we're used to. And that means helping as many people as we possibly can to survive and thrive through this process. So rather than expecting all of our employees to go out and do their own bits and pieces before we even get to superpowers let's just appreciate that as we come together as teams who are used to working together effectively to deliver more than we can alone how can we turn that same effort onto our communities we've seen on slack we've got a channel that's just sprung up today all about things that are happening in people's individuals communities and as soon as someone hears an idea that they've not seen in their community whether it's their building their street we've just you know been able to move that seed and plant that idea somewhere else yeah and also i think managers and ceos empowering the system to be self-managed by people if people got an idea and they want to start a channel we should let that happen right there should not be any compliance and governance right nobody's trying to do anything bad right now it's all about kind of supporting in their own way the communities neighbors and everyone exactly and engage with it as managers as senior managers there's nothing a team loves more than seeing the people at the top of the organization are getting involved as much as the most junior members of staff and we've really seen the impact of coming together like that absolutely and you know the next kind of uh, subtopic that i wanted to raise on this call on this podcast is you know how do we support the small businesses those personal trainers and yoga teachers and teachers and many other professions who are not uh, getting the demand of the business because people are not going to those places, restaurants and what have you. I do think that small businesses and SME sector is the lifeblood of any country. And we're in the UK and I think 60 or 70% of the businesses happens there. So any thoughts on Ben, what can we do uh, with regards to small to mid-sized businesses to kind of connect with this unique situation we are in where they continue to thrive, at least make their ends meet uh, as well as they feel included in uh, our conversations. So I think there are two really great opportunities that we as uh, as businesses, particularly those of us who are used to working in the digital sphere, can contribute to those um, those SMEs and those instructors, um, those restaurants that you mentioned. The first is to share ways of working. These are people who are used to working face-to-face and we over the last few years have got better and better at working remotely. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a martial arts school which has had to shut down because of the, um, the government direction and he'd never heard of Zoom. Two days later, he's now running classes for all his members so that they're happy to keep paying. 
I think the other side of it is, again, like we said before, with supporting the community, come together. We're seeing a huge spike in service requirements for people who are sat at home and now need to not just fill their time, but feel as though they're kind of nourishing themselves outside of the work they're doing. Connect them with people you know. If you know someone who's doing really great things, you know someone who's offering those training sessions online, share it amongst your your teams at work and expand the audience that these people have. Absolutely. And all of this can be done by staying at home, right? End of the day, we also have to stay at home, make sure that as per the government directive, this is in the UK, you know, what they've said is isolate yourselves just to stop or reduce the spread of the virus. It's not that tools are not there. We can do all of this by staying at home and being um, being careful about the situation we're in. Ben, just to wrap this up in a positive way, uh, what I would like to do is just share some tips, eight or 10 tips to, to our listeners, how to create the best conditions for you and your work whilst away from the office. And let's kind of rattle through these 10 things that they should think about, look about. And if people want to add more to this list, you know, we'll create a LinkedIn group or some sort of a LinkedIn blog where people can contribute and learn from each other. Over to you. Yeah. So I think number one is take some time to stop and reset expectations. What is work going to be like? What is life going to be like over the coming weeks as we all adapt to this new work setup? With that comes number two, which is be transparent to staff and clients. If you're facing particular challenges, be open about, like we said, people are more than willing to be supportive. This one is measurable, right? So we're running our own morale surveys on Mondays and Fridays, just to kind of gauge what people are saying. And that allows us enough to do something about it. It's transparent and measurable, would you agree? Yes, exactly. And I think the uh, the advice I give when it comes to surveys is don't feel that you need to veil a question, um, as I think we so often do when we're speaking to someone face-to-face. We're asking outright, how would you rate your morale out of 10? And we want to see those, those really honest answers and we're getting them and it means we're able to act upon them. So our third point is really over-communicate. It's never a bad thing and it's really to stop us getting into this position of having invisible staff. Don't let anyone fall behind of the group. Make sure people are checked in on both in terms of the work they're doing, but also how they're doing personally. Number four is adjust schedules for longer days. Uh, We're seeing this across the board. Every organization we speak to, people are spending more time sat in front of their laptops. Make it clear to everyone that the expectation is not that we expand our days and we now take advantage of not having to commute. Schedule in time to step away from the screen, step away from work entirely and build in those moments to connect with people socially. So this is a good one because this is all about, I think, what is the ruling? Every After every one hour of being in front of the screen, take a 10 to 15 minute break, right? And I think it just breaks the day quite nicely, which means that think about scheduling meetings with breaks in between. You know, I looked at my calendar yesterday and today, like there's zero breaks in there and I feel completely numb after six o'clock. And I don't think that puts us into a high productivity situation anyway. So just do it. Take a break and make sure calendar reflects that. Exactly. And similarly to setting standards for that, set standards for tools and the behaviors we we use them. Make it clear what email is for. You know, when we're using VC, whether it's Zoom, Teams, that we want people to turn their cameras on because we want that connection. We want to be able to read that body language and make sure that Slack or your IM platform is split out into different channels and people know what each one is for. It's important that we can uh, you know, we can work and play at the same time, but we need to do them in the right places. 
Yeah. And shall I quickly rattle through the other five? Ben, is that okay with you? Please do. So the sixth one is create and play with rituals, which is a big part of building culture. So we had rituals about Monday, stand up, Chai Wednesdays, either what's new crew or cocktail Fridays. There's going to be fun cocktail coming up hopefully tomorrow or next week when we're doing. And those rituals are an important part of people looking forward to it and make sure that culture that you built internally in the office remains outside with a little bit of more creativity. We talked about already take time away from the screen, work and play, but I think don't lose that time just taking a break and looking at your WhatsApp, right? Just remove the screens completely. Use the time to do a little bit of exercise or, you know, blast the music just to kind of take your mind away from, you know, that kind of meeting you just had. Keep fit is a big one uh, as well. So I stay healthy, keep fit. You know, my personal trainer texted me today saying that he's got a Skype channel. You know, we are meeting a personal trainer tomorrow, you know, where to see how we can bring this kind of keep fit via Zoom or Skype or something similar. A lot of stuff on YouTube and many others as well stay social. So this is all about making sure that you don't always talk about stuff that are work-related. You know, like the example you're giving about is uh, associates are creating their own channels to talk while they're having lunch, for example, or talk about a movie or a song or whatever that happens to be. Uh, is is quite interesting and exciting. And having those multiple groups operating is, is good fun as well, isn't it? Yeah. And outside of your organization too, I saw a great thing on LinkedIn the other day where um, this guy's working through his phone book. doesn't matter if he's not spoken to the person in years, he's going to pick up the phone to them and he's going to have a conversation. And I think that's so powerful because especially at the moment, we don't know what people are going through and having someone pick up the phone to you is, uh, yeah, it could be the thing that really makes your day. Amazing. Ben, thank you so much. And I think, you know, this is a new challenge for chief HR officers, chief marketing officers, CEO. Uh, we have a lot to give to the community in a bizarre way. I think this has brought us together and we're relooking at our benefits policy. This is here to stay. This is not going away. But what I've realized in last two weeks is it has actually pulled us all together more than what we had before. Right. And I think there is a sense of common purpose, common cause. And I hope that continues for better society, for better product, for better people, for better planet. But I think we can harness this positivity. We can look at this as a remote employee experience that connects with real physical employee experience that happens in the studio. And I really believe that there'll be many other good ideas coming after this podcast from various people. But this is our starter for 10 that we wanted to add to our um, uh, podcast list. Ben, thanks for being a guest today. I think the work you're doing is phenomenal. And I'm hoping that more of this conversation can happen offline and online post this podcast as well. Yes, thank you for having me. And uh, thanks, those of you listening. And we're going to keep pushing this message and uh, addressing these challenges as they rise. Great. Everyone, you've been listening to Infosys Knowledge Institute podcast, Brilliant Basics edition. You know, today we talked about uh, remote employee experience, working from home, how to keep morale high, as well as productivity higher. We talked about community support. We talked about, you know, managers doing their bit in making sure their folks are doing well, not just from product perspective, but also from emotional and cultural perspective. And thanks to our producer, Yulia Debari, uh, and the entire Knowledge Institute and Berlin Basics team for pulling this together. Such a, a quick kind of note. And until next time, keep learning and keep sharing and stay home throughout this difficult period to support the cause that we all bring after as a, as a community. Thank you.